You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. He is fresh back home. How does it feel to be back in New York, Cranky? It is great, Grump. I was in Omaha this week for the College World Series, seeing my beloved Florida Gators uh, advance to the final round this weekend. And I don't know if where the college world series ranks on anybody's bucket list, but it is a great experience. Um, Obviously it helps if your school is in it, but just as far as, you know, it's in a small city like Omaha, the the, the park is downtown. There's lots of activities around it. You have the feeling of like going to a bowl game or something, but without the attitude and the intensity of a football crowd, you have people just this, you know, really cool people and, and, and fans. We met a lot of people from, you know, even schools we hate. Um, so a lot of fun. And uh, I just got back this morning and uh, time to talk some football. Yeah, this is being recorded on Thursday night, right? Yes, it is Thursday. This is on a Thursday night, right, because we, you know, no rest for the weary. Another time for uh, Grump to go on vacation again. Yeah, so I, if Just Giants did not air an episode last week. Um, I was actually busy. I jumped on to two Talking Giants episodes where we previewed the 2024 draft. Uh, so check those out. Those were a lot of fun. I always love talking draft stuff, and I always like talking yeah. football with Bobby and Justin. So He's he's like the Billy Preston of the Beatles. Like He just jumps on their show, and he just gets right in. So, uh, yeah, it's really, um, you know, Grub is a fantastic compliment to them for, for draft coverage and analysis. It, it's really, uh, if you haven't listened yet, I highly recommend you know, first of all, you should be subscribing to um, Talking Giants anyway because they are they are the gold standard. And second of all, when when Grump jumps on there, it, it, it's uh, it goes platinum, baby. Yeah, it goes platinum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. And actually, so we were kind of discussing on that episode how how interesting it is to do draft stuff because we've been doing it for a couple of years now together. Um, and for the last couple of years, because of covid implications a lot of the players that have come out of school the last couple years are much older than what is typical a lot of them were already 21 years old some of them older than that i mean hendon hooker's ancient so is stetson bennett um but yeah and, and now next year as we're previewing guys the entire batch that we did we recorded today was thursday was all defensive guys i think every single one of them was a true junior so the only film that we're working on is sophomore film so okay. And it's and that's truly how the draft usually works, which is why like doing this stuff, it's like man, none of these guys really stick out. It's like, they're not really supposed to. Like nobody's supposed to look like a first round pick as a sophomore. Only like the absolute freaks. Right. Um, right. So it's it's kind of interesting. This is the first time that we've been doing this together, where it's actually like normal draft prospects. So it, it was a lot of fun to talk because it's a lot more projection than anything. And. Um, but yeah, so I, I just had like a busy week full of work and then other other football stuff. You actually got to go hang and do some baseball stuff. So it was a lot lighter than a football thing. So it was much more like a summer vacation for you. 
It's the summer of Cranky because uh, I have finished work. I had two major work projects which finished in the last couple of weeks, and now I have – my agenda right now is traveling, going to as many baseball games as I can, getting ready for training camp. You know, I, I think I'm not going to be on a new project until August, so that means I can probably spend a lot of time over at um, – you know, over at the Middlelands watching practice. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, now, but as I understand it, when you were in Omaha, Florida as a school was being out drunk by just about every other school at, at a bar. Well, this is a crock of shit. So let me, uh, let me stand up for my beloved university of Florida. So there was a, um, there's one bar next to the stadium and what they, their promotion was, um, they were selling jello shots and they were keeping track of who, bought the jello shots and they had like a big board for the eight schools that were there you know florida lsu tennessee virginia you know wake forest etc 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 so apparently some some dickhead from baton rouge some restaurant owner bought like ten thousand shots and was just giving them away so like if you look at the leaderboard lsu had like fourteen thousand shots and then florida had like 3,100 shots and everybody else. So typical Louisiana stuffing the ballot box, you know, crooked elections is, you know, goes back to Huey Long and, and, and you know, Louisiana history. So, so I, I, I offered my services to you. You did. What yeah. was your, uh, what was your, pro- your proposal? Um, a full ride to UF, 10,000 shots per year for four years. So 40,000. But you got to give me the full year to accumulate those 10,000. I forwarded that request over to President Ben Sass. We will see what he says. I will get back to you, Grump. All right, there you go. So I'll be coming back with a degree. That's right. <laughs> and then you will officially be a Gator just like me. That'd there we go. Nice. Then I'll have no choice but to agree with all of your Gator takes. <laughs> well, they're always right. So. <laughs> all right. So we did a lot of um, projecting on that uh, college draft prospects 2024 thing I did with Talking Giants, and that's pretty much going to be most of what we're doing for the summer because this is our favorite little summer project is we're going to do pens and pencils predictions it, for the season. It's back, baby. Here's a, here's a pencil, and I didn't even have my pen with me, but it's a, it's a gag. Guys. Is that foreshadowing? You didn't even have the pen ready? Don't even have the pen ready. How about that? Well, actually, also because you're the one who writes things down officially. That's a good and point. And also, this has been a uh, time-honored tradition where we make these pencils and pen predictions, and we never refer to them throughout the regular season. Never. So this year, we actually this is, will. This is the year, Promise. baby. <laughs> I think this year we're actually going to maybe get an intern to help us with stuff, and maybe that intern will remember our picks. and Just have them up. I mean, it's like... graphics. We'll get that up there. Great. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's not even like a hard thing for me to go back and reference. It's just we always forget. I don't know. Yeah, just, but so so this is always like a fool's errand, right? Like this is just a fun thing. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it's grounded in football, but it's usually just like, I mean, how can you even project? Yeah. And this is even weirder. I got to tell you. So I went to like start this project and like this whole year for the Giants with a tremendous influx of new and young talent, um, I – had so much more trouble with this than in previous years. And I don't know if maybe I was just overthinking it, but like, I just uh, feel like we're depending on so many 
unknowns that are like we think things are going to get better with these guys like you know like darren waller deontay banks like but like do we know anything about if they're going to get better or not yeah let's uh let's do some of the ground rules of how we do this is that we do not we're pretending in this hypothetical world that nobody gets hurt like we're we're going to assume that you know Daniel Jones plays 17 games, and we're going to assume that the entire offensive line plays you know all 17 games because otherwise, you know this is just purely our initial look at our roster and rosters we're playing against in late June, early. Yeah, July. I mean I, I like to think of it less like these guys are playing 17 healthy games, and more think of it just forget the season. This is a one-on-one matchup. Just yeah. think about the schedule. Don't worry about their health. Assume it's a healthy roster in this moment, game by game. Right, right. Now, of course, you know, if we predict that we are going to beat, you know, uh, you know, Philly in week 16 or something, but, you know, oh, by that time, Daniel Jones doesn't play and, you know, half the people are hurt or we've clinched a division or something and we lose, don't go back and say, well, you said back in June they were going to win. I mean, no, it's not the way we're doing this. So. Also, I'm pretty sure we're wrong a lot with this stuff. This is like so far in the future. We, yeah. Like, yeah. so it was like, this is have fun. Yeah. This is just for fun. But just so you know, like normally when we go into this, we have a general idea of minor roster changes. Like I have no idea how they're going to use Paris Campbell in this offense or Darren Waller for that matter. Like, we're making guesses based on like major additions to the roster and we're not sure how they're going to be used. So it's like a a complete like shot in the dark. So anyway, let's, let's have fun with it. Week one, this is Sunday night football, September 10th, eight 20, uh, Dallas giants in the lights after a lengthy nine 11 tribute. Um, I love it. I love I love the fact that we're playing them right away at home at night. Let's get started. So hit me with it. When I when I when I look at the offense for this for this game, the Giants offense, in this matchup, I, I it's hard for me to not see where they're going to not struggle. Um this to me, when I look at Dallas, I look at Mike McCarthy every year finding ways to screw more shit up. Um, firing or whatever, moving on from Kellen Moore and then just taking over the offense was a foregone conclusion from the moment he took over. Um, I think that he has a hundred percent. He straight up lied. He said he was, Oh, I reflected on my offense and I took in some notes in that year. No, he hasn't. He's still running the same shit. And I actually think that Dallas's offense is going to struggle this week. One game adjusting to new shit I'm sure language is going to change. I think moving – I don't think – and, like, this is week one. I don't think year-long Dallas is going to have, like, a big problem. But I do think that the move from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy will come with some bruises. And this is the first test, and I think that Wink is going to give them all they can handle. And I think the defense for the Giants keeps them in the in the game. But Dan Quinn is as solid as ever, and that defense still scares the shit out of me. The Giants offensive line, even with improvements with John Michael Schmitz and a second year, you know, a full offseason with Evan Neal, I still look at it and I'm like, this is the trouble. Like, this is where it's going to be hard. So I think that this game is actually going to be pretty close for most of the game, but I do think Dallas pulls away at the end. But I'm putting that in pencil because, again, lots of unknowns. If if they can't cover Darren Waller, like if that's going to be like a bugaboo for them, 
I'm not really sure how they're going to adjust without losing to something else in the meantime. I think this is a game that's more important to the Giants than the Cowboys. I think that uh, I think the Giants this offseason, you know, as they've made improvements, I still think in the back of some people's minds was people think that that Giant team was a bit of a fluke last year. And I think that this team wants to come out firing on week one against, you know, one of their, you know, two biggest rivals and prove that last year was not a fluke, that Daniel Jones is out to prove that, you know, he's worthy of that contract. Uh, you know, their record last year in the division was not so great. I, I think they want to prove that they are, you know, their playoff appearance last year was for real. And I, 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 I love playing Dallas early on, you know, at home, at night. I think, you know, we always say we don't like the fact that there's night games at home because a lot of season ticket holders sell their tickets. But this is week this one. Is, this is different. It's week one. This it's still warm. Exactly. And you know something? Everybody's been chomping at the bit. And remember, this isn't Green Bay where 75,000 people show up for a preseason game. So by the time you get to regular season, they've already had a couple of tailgates. No. The... the, the the majority of the season ticket holders don't even bother going to preseason games. This is finally their first opportunity to go through the rituals of the fall, you know, the tailgate. I mean, I know our tailgate crew, we're going to be frothing at the mouth ready to get started with that and have a, a, an afternoon of, of libations and, and, and food. So it's going to be a different crowd than normally would be a, a, a Giants Cowboy game on a Monday night or an Eagle game or something. I think they're going to pull this out. I'm going to put this one in pencil. I I don't think that the Dallas is going to be taking them for granted, but I, I definitely think we're catching Dallas early at the right time. Now, what you mentioned about um, Mike McCarthy is ab absolutely true. And also, you started this by saying you're not exactly sure how we're going to be using some of the people that we got. That means there's no tape. That means, you know, as, as good of a defensive coordinator Dan Quinn is, you know, you're st still, you know, relying on tendencies maybe of things we did in the past with different personnel. So I think, you know, if this game was later on in the season, I might have a slightly different opinion. But I think with week one, you know, a, 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 an offseason building on, on all this momentum from last year, maybe a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. I'm going to make this a win in pencil. I love it. I love it. And you know me, Grump. I'm usually Mr. Negative at the beginning of these things, kind of, you know, they haven't learned how to win yet, none of this stuff. So for me to come out with a with, with a win on week one against a team like Dallas. Yeah, that's that's um, that's very optimistic. But you just got home from a nice vacation, though. So, I'm, you know, I'm wondering if maybe that's all it is. <laughs> Sunshine on the brain. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do think that, you know, they're the ones with the big shift. You know, they have a coaching change in the offseason. That, especially on offense, that means something. Um, this is, the Giants are in a position where the core pieces know what the hell is going on. Um, That's, I mean, so I do think that, yeah, the, while you are usually pessimistic at the beginning, you have reason for optimism, I think. Yeah, I, think I mean, we've flirted, with, we flirted with losing some of our coordinators. They all stayed, you know, uh, that's huge, especially from like we had a major change the year before, installing a whole new offense, a completely different defense. Now we're tweaking. 
now you know even when we watch training camp you're going to see it's not so much installing this is how we do things now it's let's do things you know what to do let's do it so i am uh, cautiously optimistic we're going to come out of the gates firing for week one week two giants travel out to arizona for a sunday afternoon game though i think it's like two in the clock two o'clock i guess for them four o'clock for us on the east coast it'd be 205 mountain time yeah yeah that is mountain time okay that's what i was checking yeah so whatever it'll be 405 for us 917 sunday afternoon against the cardinals um i am a lot less worried about this i i don't think the cardinals necessarily are like they're an easy joke right now i guess um but I don't know that this is going to be like absolute domination or anything like that. Like, for instance, Kyler Murray is not really the quarterback of choice against the Blitz for me. Um, I think he might frustrate stuff. I mean, it's just like when it's pressure coming from all over, when it's natural pressure that just gets generated, that's something he's only okay at dealing with. But when it's one guy coming at him with one free angle, he is just very good at making that guy miss. And that's kind of... Until I see otherwise, that's all the Giants can muster as pressure right now. Um, so I think that's going to be a pain in the ass. But just overall, when I look at this offense that they have, I'm not really worried about any of it. I'm just not. So like, while we might struggle to bring Kyler Murray to the ground or maybe he'll break a sack and then rip off 25 yards, maybe even score a touchdown or two, I, over the long haul of this game, I'm not worried. And I, I look at their defense, and I'm not particularly scared of anything at all. Um, from top to bottom. So I, I think that this might be something that the Giants pull away right before halftime and maybe don't look back. I have this as a win in pen. I have this as a win in pencil, and I think the biggest concerns I have are, you know, we're going from a Sunday night game to going across the country, you know, and also a little bit of an emotional letdown after what I think will be an emotional you know, opener. I mean, again, they're going to be really fired up to play Dallas. And then all of a sudden you're playing a team that you really don't have much of a history with, you know, the Cardinals haven't been in the NFC East in a very, very long time. I, mean, I don't think most of these people are alive or on the giants right now at that point. So, and then the next week we have San Francisco and I don't know if it's a trap game necessarily, but definitely potential for a little bit of a, a letdown a little bit. And in the NFL, we know that this team and this team are not that, that far apart in talent. Um, but I think this is year two. Um, this was last year. I would have had this as a loss in pencil this year. I'm going to have this as a win in pencil. I just think that, you know, building off that momentum, I think this is a very good coaching staff. That's going to keep this team focused. Um, and little things too, like Daniel Jones, Having that contract, he's the leader of this team now. And a guy like him that's even keeled, that's going to reflect on his team. And knowing going from playing Dallas to having to do this trip and everything, I don't think you're going to sense as much of a high and a low on this team. And now he's firmly, you know, there's no more questions. He's going to be back next year. He's here. And he's the captain. And he's the leader. I think that helps for games like this. Games we would have lost in the past. I think we win this one. So I'm going to put this one in pencil. We are 2-0. and I want to ask you a side question here before we move on to week three here. Um, sure. With this, 
I, I think I agree with you with Daniel Jones being like firmly in the grasp of this team. They are firmly behind him, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. We saw a few times, very, very rarely, some emotional DJ. I mean, we see him emotional, you know, after good plays or whatever. But last year we saw a particular moment that he actually answered for at a press conference after the game where he threw a legitimate slant touchdown pass to Marcus Johnson who just flat dropped it. And he just kind of screamed. It was lip reading is very easy as like catch the fucking ball, um, right? And he apologized for that because he was asked about it at the press conference. Do we think? Do you think we see more of that from Daniel? Not not necessarily frustration, but more emotion, more vocal more leadership. Le- yes. More like I, tangible leadership. Yeah. You know? I mean, we are now talking about this is going to be what his fifth year in the league. Mm-hmm. His fifth year in the league. You know, he has that contract in his back pocket. He has everybody in the building behind him at this point. And you can be, you know, you're not looking over your shoulder for anything anymore. You, you know, you're the leader. So I think, yeah, I think you're going to see, and maybe it's, I don't think maybe it was something that was not necessarily bottled up before. I just think it's just kind of an evolution of a, you know, he's no longer a 21-year-old or a 22-year-old who came from a, you know, a small football school he's been in this league a while now he's maturing into what should be getting into the prime of his career and he's maturing as a football player and maturing as a person and um you know he's been he's been on the roster longer than most of the people on the offensive unit at this point right how many people have been on the offense longer than him just sterling shepherd i think others other than saquon barkley and um and Sterling Shepard. And Sterling Shepard. And Sterling Shepard, you know, hasn't been on the field much lately. I mean, he's been around. You no, know, he has that gravitas of being in in the in the in the building longer. So he's not to you know step on anybody's toes. I mean, he's the leader. So I think that all just continues to mature, and you know, he'll be more. I don't think he's ever going to be like a rah rah fiery guy, but I think the more confidence he has, the more he will say his mind. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And I, and I agree that I don't think it was something that's bottled up and now coming out. I do think it's a natural evolution of just growing. Yeah, I think you're right. Sure. Yeah. Um, Giants are likely staying on the West Coast for this little trip, right? As they Thursday, they travel to San Francisco for mm-hmm. a Thursday night game at 8.15. For those, those of us who are not going to be in San Francisco are subject to a Thursday night football broadcast on Amazon or whatever. And uh, I'm sure Al Michaels will will sound thrilled about this matchup. He'll bring his A game, right? Well, that's the uh, that's the Michaels uh, Herb with Street, right? scotch in one hand, slippers on both feet. Well, remember something? He lives out there, doesn't he? So wine in one hand, then not scotch. Yeah, no, I mean like he won't be as cranky because you have to you have to get on a flight and go somewhere for some game he's not that interested in. So maybe maybe have a little more pep in his step, and maybe he'll bet on the Giants. So he'll be more excited for us. I, I don't know. Um, I, I feel they, badly about this game. Uh, I, I think it's very early in the year for one of the toughest tests that the O-line is going to face. Um, I do think that they'll hang around a little bit with some DJ scrambles, big source of yards probably for the beginning of the game. But I think it's going to be hard for them to keep up the pace. Um, on the on the flip side, I do think that I, I don't really care what quarterback San Francisco puts back there. I think Wink is going to screw with them. You know, whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold, 
all of them, I think, are subject to Wink Martindale's voodoo. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like McCaffrey attacking weak points at the edges and at our second level will open up. It'll just. I haven't seen the Giants stop a run game really, really well in a long time. I've seen them do it with Wink, but it was early on. Um, I don't feel particularly good about this, especially just it being an away game and everything. I have this as a loss in pen. Um, oh, thank God the cranky wife doesn't listen to this show because she would probably be gloating as I unfortunately say the 49ers win this and this is a giant loss in pen. Um, you're asking a lot for this team that's going to be you know, again, on the road probably for a second week. Uh, you're facing a team with a, you know, a very, very strong defense. Um, I just don't think we're that, I don't think we're good enough to be that consistent to, you know, on a short week of rest after playing, you know, a team after a slightly shorter week as you're playing on Sunday night. I just think something has to give here and this is probably it. So I, I, I think this is a loss in pen. Nothing to hang your hat about. I think San Francisco will be a is a conference um, contender, um, especially once we figure out who their quarterback is and how that goes. But so I don't think there's any shame in the game of saying they're probably going to lose this game. But I think they lose this game. Who do you think is their quarterback by this point? I'm just curious. You have slightly more insight than I do. <laughs> I don't know what is uh, what is Brock Purdy's story. I don't know. I, I didn't get the impression that it was like a super awful shoulder injury or elbow injury or whatever it was. I just I, you could tell it was going to be enough where he wasn't going to recover in a week. Right. I I got a sense that I think he's going to be the quarterback. I got. I think so that, too, man. I think they really like him. Oh, I mean, I I can understand why. Yeah. I my um if if he is healthy and ready to go, I think he's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I think so too. And I and I honestly think that um, they're gonna keep shit easy with him in the summer mm-hmm. because they think he's gonna be the guy. All right, I don't think they're gonna overstretch him in the summer. I, I agree. I agree. And I think because of that, that might be a potential opportunity for us again. If we were playing them in week fourteen, I might have that as a loss in magic marker. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I again similar to the Dallas thing that you catching them early might be you know. Everybody's so freaked out about this early schedule, you know, so many, you know, tough games and away games early on, but you're still catching them relatively early and they may be healthier, but everybody's not as cohesive as they might be later on in the season. So it's true. We, we want, we want to, we'd like to get these games kind of out of the way, I guess. Yes and no. I mean, I, I do think that like, I think starting out the year with like, like starting out 0 and 2, I think is awful. For like, I think that there is sure. a mental thing that happens that is hard okay. for players—not impossible, but very hard to overcome. Let's go for the flip side. I mean, look what two and zero did to us last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it buoyed us into you know the the wind beneath our wings. There. Thanks, Bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And so the Giants complete their tour of the West Coast on the East Coast. Seattle is coming to them. Um, October 2nd, so like 10 days later on Monday Night Football. So uh, thankfully, we will not be subjected to a Monday Night Football broadcast. We can go to that game. (laughs) Um, Thank the Lord. Man, 
Monday Night Football. Who would have thought? Wait, if you told me as a kid that Monday Night Football was the worst broadcast, I would have told well, you you were Buck, lying. That's fucking Aikman, right? Yeah, but it's just the ESP, ESPN's coverage is just bad. Their cameras yeah. bad. Their the commercials are bad. Everything's bad. It's it is lowest tier in my opinion. I, the production is the worst, but again, the, I that announcing crew makes it listen makes it. It's certainly better than it was. Fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the best. Joe Buck, if you listen, go go back to the helmet catch, and that lack of emotion. Yeah, that was when like, he sucked. Yeah, that that rune. Like, there, there will never be an iconic. Like you know, you always see like the clips of like the history of like great calls, and you know that will never be. No, that, that will never be on there. That was like like hey, wake up, Joe. A big play just happened. I mean, um, Troy didn't help him at all. That he's like, oh man, this is wild. What, what like, the heck was that? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Troy. Um. But we won't have to deal with that. Um, so thanks for dealing with our impressions. Um, <laughs> We're available for bar mitzvahs and parties. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't – I didn't really realize until we did this, um, but Seattle's offense is pretty stacked right now. Um, this is uh, – th- I think they're going to have to hit Geno hard and fast. They're going to have to hit that O-line because I think it's like the weakest part that they've got going right now. But – you know, adding Jackson Smith and Jigba and Zach Charbonnet to an offense that already had Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Kenneth Walker is a lot to deal with. And I don't think that the Giants can't deal with it. It's just that Geno Smith really impressed me last year as a quarterback in being decisive and just making decisions and making smart throws. I didn't think he was some all-world quarterback or a comeback player of the year who came back from sucking i guess yeah Um, you have to come back from something actually to be comeback player of the year but on the flip side i did think that he was impressive in certain aspects that he used to not be good at and decision making was certainly one of them and as long as he can make quick decisions on his feet blitzing him is going to be hard and it's going to be the only thing that we can do against an offense that has this many pieces in my opinion so this is actually going to be pretty tough i'm pretty worried about this game on the other side their secondary is really, really well put together. But, you know, with, with Tariq Woolen, Jamal Adams, I like Devin Witherspoon a lot. Um, Quandre Diggs, that's a really, really tight secondary. Um, Bobby Wagner's getting old now, though. And that and Jordan Brooks is not somebody I, I've loved a whole lot. I feel like Bobby Wagner played with Jim Zorn. It seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, really. Uh, and, and their whole front doesn't really scare me. Their defensive front. So I think... While it may sound old school, um, this could be a classic situation of just using your running game, using underneath screens and short routes, and sucking all of those deep players up to hit something deep later, and just kind of using that formula. And I have this as a win in pencil. I am not as optimistic on Geno Smith. I think last year was a year where everything just seemed to fall into place for the guy. And, you know, I... I have no hard feelings for him. I thought he was put in an impossible situation that game with with the Eli you know situation and all that. And uh, he's a grinder. The guy, you know, he he paid his dues. He waited his turn. He finally got his opportunity, and he did he did decent. I like to see him do it again before I'm really convinced that he is a upper tier quarterback in this league. And I'm not saying he's you know at the um, Patrick Mahomes level of greatness, but to be someone that 
is a solid winner in this league. So I'm a little skeptical. I want to say I, I'm I'm Missouri, man. Show me again. So having said that, I'm going to put this as another win in pencil. Uh, again, Monday night, it's not like – it's not going to be the normal Monday night crowd where we're playing, again, like we mentioned before, like the Cowboys. So there's going to be 35,000 Cowboy fans there. You're not going to have your normal season ticket base, but you're going to have other giant fans, I think, replacing them. So I think that helps with the with the crowd and, and the atmosphere and all that. So um, I'm going to put this in pencil. Again, this is last year. Something I'd really be like, mm, this seems like a game they should win, but they can't. I think this year, the maturity of this team, the team, a maturing team and getting better. We're in week four where – those questions we had about how are we going to use, you know, certain guys in the offense should be close to being figured out by that point. And um, I have this as a win. I have a win in pencil. So I have this at, you know, at the first quarter, three and one. Damn, and I got us at two and two. I'm the pessimist now. I'm I'm the grump, and you're not that cranky. How about that? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, if we are two and two. After that first four, let's take it from your point of view. Two and two after that first four games. How are you I feel feeling? good. I feel good. Feeling good. I mean, it's hard for me to answer that because, yeah, I'm I'm always if we're just strictly looking at record, like yeah, I'm That's gonna feel good at two and two. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, ultimately, feeling good or feeling bad is not gonna like the record is always gonna be kind of temporary. Like if they look like they're winning by the skin of their teeth or just like things aren't improving offensive line still looks like it's got you know leaks all over it right. ultimately i'm going to be grading this year on what i see improve like is this a team that looks like it's getting better um, and that should coincide with wins but it may not it may just coincide with a high score i mean if they lose 38 37 to san francisco i'm gonna feel good about that loss i think you can once you bookmark this little piece right now and play it back in uh, January, please. I think this team will be a better team than last year. I can't guarantee the record will be better. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I, 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 I absolutely think that. I think you're gonna see, you're gonna see, you know, I think a jump uh, from Neil Evan Neal for sure. Hmm. I think it's just a, uh, people are way too quick to write him off. I think things like that. I think this offensive line will be better. I think having better weapons. At the receivers, I, I I think all these different things will make this team better. But again, last year, you know that record, they jump out to that huge, you know, whatever were we six and two at one point or whatever we were. That's uh, we had a lot of banked wins early, and we are starting off with uh, you know, a pretty brutal early stretch, and you know, it's easier. It's easier when you're winning early to go through the rest of the season than having to kind of go uphill if you lose some of those games earlier. So, you know, the, the final record may not be the indicator of the improvement of this team, but I, I firmly believe we're going to look at the end of the season and say, you know something, this team is a lot better than it was last year, and I'm really ready for next year, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves with it, with any of that. Yeah. Um, speaking of ahead of ourselves, uh, we're projecting the entire season. So next week... We will have weeks five, six, seven, and eight with pencils and pens in our continuation for the summer. 
and we hope that you guys in the interim are enjoying your summer because it is a short football summer when there is no practice or events or anything and this is it man this is your time to live your life because you'll be avoiding your wife and kids very soon every well, single sunday well another reason why this is a shorter summer for us was our off season was shorter because we made the playoffs last year there you go our, our season was over you know very early in the last you know, mid-october yeah i mean we were pushing uh you know past martin luther king day and, and getting into late january and still have giant football so that's great so i'm hoping we have even shorter you know summer next year <laughs> yeah it'll be great um so you guys enjoy your summer in the interim you can always follow us on twitter for your midday laughs at football underscore grump at the cranky fan at just giants pod and please recommend this show to your other giants friends in this time of no football um let's let's do something everybody why don't everybody tell five friends that are giant fans to hit the subscribe button on youtube hit subscribe on your favorite uh you know podcast provider of your choice let's start really building this family that we have you know we have a lot of great people that we interact with all the time and we really appreciate it but let's get more let's get greedy um you know we love interacting with everybody and let's just build this family up so if everybody could just tell five people hey man put this in the rotation we we, we'd love to hear that and give us you know some five-star reviews and likes because i am shamelessly looking for likes and stars so please do that uh yeah and you know we're all excited about this team taking the next leap and people are yeah. excited about it. I, I i got 20 percent off of my bar tab over the weekend because i was wearing a giant shirt wow this guy right here giant shirt 20 percent off i thought it yep. was you had a senior citizen discount because you have no, no. more hair nope I, I, it was it was so i i that happened and then went to a completely different store that same day with that shirt and then had a whole conversation about jones barkley dable and there's a lot of optimism just around it's the middle of summer there's absolutely no football going on i wore a shirt and got into two very detailed giants conversations you guys are amped for giants stuff and if this year is going to go as well as we hope then just another podcast in your rotation is certainly going to keep that smile going throughout the week. And podcasts that are fun, not yeah. whining and bitching about, you know, how and talking about the future and the rebuilds. Now we're talking about winning and we're talking about, you know, what happened last week, what happens this week, what happens yeah. next week. Yeah. Let's go. So yeah, let's do that and um, we will see you guys next week with more season predictions. Until then, go Giants. Bye.